there. Now it is time for us to check in with Cruz McCalligan, who is standing by with her weekly audio column. And uh, this week she's going to talk about roots. So let's go over to Cruz now. Cruz, hi. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Karen. Nice to hear you. You too. It's been a while so since yes, we've talked. It, it has been. It has been a busy year. I feel like the year is flying by. And maybe that's because with the pandemic not gone away, but obviously dying down and things returning to normal, um, I feel like we're packing so much into our lives these days, aren't we? And it seems the more you do, the more you feel you're doing and the days are flying by. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. So tell us, um, today you're talking about roots. Roots. I'm talking about roots, as in the roots of trees and vegetables and flowers and things like that. Um, and the reason I'm talking about roots is because um, a couple of things, actually. Uh, recently, I have gotten really into eating pea shoots. Pea <laughs> have you ever shoot. had pea shoots? Um, yeah. Okay, so it, by that, do you mean the like the Chinese word would be doumiao? Yes, similar to that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And um you can also get some that like come like with the roots attached to them. Oh. And then you would cut off the roots and then eat the shoots, right? And I realize we do this so much with so many vegetables and things we have, even spring onion. We cut off the the manky bit of root at the end That's true. and chuck it away. The grubby little soil encrusted root. And then the nice big green bit is the bit that we appreciate, right? Yes. And I don't know, I was feeling particularly philosophical while trapped in my kitchen preparing masses of food for my enormous family. And I was thinking about that a little bit, about the roots. Were and you, I was like, what? Were you feeling sad for the roots that get thrown away? I was. I was. I was thinking like, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, you might not be the most glamorous looking part of this vegetable, but you've served a very important purpose. And I don't think I know that much about you. So I thought I'd do some research. Mm. Now, of course, um, when we talk about like, for example, uh, roots for a tree, um, they serve two important functions. Firstly, they anchor the tree in the soil so that the photosynthesizing parts, the leaves are elevated and exposed to the suns, to the sun rather, and the absorbing um, and the absorbing roots also take up the water and minerals that the tree uses to make carbohydrates for food and proteins and everything else. So roots also absorb oxygen, which is necessary for their own respiration and growth. So they're very important. Um, now, when you talk about um, types of roots, we have like diffuse shallow roots, which capture water and minerals near the surface of the water, um, surface of the soil rather. And then tap roots are the ones that are better at finding water when the top soil is dry. So if we think about like plants that survive periods of drought and stuff like that, it's because we've got different kinds of root systems, right? They're mm. deeper down. Um, and most trees actually develop a two-layered root system with diffuse roots near the surface to absorb unpredictable rainfall and a second deeper layer for when the dry conditions prevail. Wow. Um, but roots do not grow toward anything, actually. They simply continue to grow as long as they need to until they encounter adequate water, minerals, and oxygen. Wow. So it's very interesting. Um, and of course, uh, like tree roots, um, they also, they, they're quite fascinating. Most of us, when we think of roots, think of kind of like 
pale, fibrous, slimy-looking slimy tubes whose only purpose is sort of sucking water out of soil. And if you're a gardener or a farmer or someone who grows your own food, you think of roots as food because, of course, we can eat lots of the food that comes from roots. But um, roots do a lot more than this. They're, they're a cornerstone of plant function. And in many ways, they're actually more fascinating than, like I said, the pretty parts of the flower, the leaves, the blossoms, the fruit. Um, you know, their main job is to deliver water and minerals, um, but they're the starting point of what's the plant's vascular system. Um, so they serve as the anchor as well, and they ensure survival, which I talked about before. Um, but they often the root system occupies a larger space than the plant it supports. Mm -hmm. um, so usually it comprises up to one third of a plant's overall mass. And its total length, depending on the size of the plant, like a tree, could be hundreds of miles, actually. Wow. Like root systems are huge. Um, yeah, so, so it reminds uh, me root of an iceberg. We only see the yes. small part on top, but there's so much more underneath. Absolutely. Um, and like, so some interesting things about um, roots is they have a really intriguing relationship with uh, microorganisms and their health is determined by soil quality. So firstly, they require biologically rich, well aerated soil. So excessively waterlogged soil so soil that's actually too wet like i always thought i never really understood this because i was like well surely water is really good for plants mm. but of course when you have periods of extreme flooding in countries and places it can, it's devastating for plant life because it actually makes it harder for the uptake of oxygen and nutrients for the plant waterlogged soil is not great um or that soils that are very oxygen deficient can lead to shallow root growth which is not great because it's not sustainable for the plant and then they have a really intriguing relationship with microorganisms so Rhizobium, which is a well-known soil bacteria, converts atmospheric nitrogen into an organic nitrogenous compound that acts as a fertilizer. And that's a very important element we have in our soil. Now, that bacteria presents itself as clusters, as nodules on roots. So the roots are actually a place for that bacteria to grow and thrive, which is informing the health of the soil. So you don't have roots, you don't have that ability for the soil to stay healthy as well, which I just find really interesting. Hmm, so the roots um, actually help soil health by hosting that the, bacteria. Exactly. Yeah, which is so interesting. Um, the other thing they do is um, keep uh, create soil because and which is again one of those things you don't you don't realize it's happening on such a small scale but everywhere all the time is that those little roots as they grow are splitting rocks into smaller pieces slowly which is creating that soil create um creating that soil breaking down those harder materials those um composites in the soil and that's happening all the time and i think that's quite remarkable i'm looking out of a window now and i can see a huge lush hong kong hillside covered in trees and to just think that there's just trillions and trillions and trillions and quizillions of roots that are just performing that function in microscopic amounts constantly every day is kind of remarkable yeah um, it is. and people are becoming really fascinated with this so there's a lot of stuff now about how um trees are kind of maybe communicate with one another like not in such a sci-fi way but the fact that they have this um incredible web of roots connected to one another. And um, there's somebody, there's actually a person um, called Peter Wallenben, who's a German forester and author, and they kind of call him a tree whisperer. Mm -hmm. And he sort of talks about the inner life of trees. Um, and he finds this really, really fascinating. 
he basically says that um, he's devoted his life to the study and care of and care of trees, and he manages a forest and a nature reserve. And he was the person who writ, wrote, um, wrote this book called The Hidden Life of Trees: What They Feel, How They Communicate. Right. So he, he's quite quite um, hell bent on this concept. Um, and his his idea is that you know trees are able to communicate with one another tell like almost tell each other where there are nutrients in the soil how conditions are changing and to pass nutrients to those that may be the winners you know so you've got trees that if we think about darwin for example in, in evolution we've generally thought of trees as striving disconnected kind of loners mm. who are competing for water nutrients and sunlight and the winners shade out the losers and suck them dry because they get all the nutrients and the other tree doesn't survive um so this is what the timber industry has been built on. Um, it sees forests as wood producing systems and battlegrounds for survival of the fit fittest. But now it's showing that instead, trees of the same species can be communal and will offer form, ali form alliances with trees of other species. And they've evolved to live in kind of cooperative, interdependent relationships wow. um, in kind of like this. It's really fascinating. And it might not be the same as like an insect colony, right, where you're mm. communicating. But they, um, but the idea is just underground. There's this; they call it the wood wide web, which is adorable. <laughs> the wood wide web. So they're basically collaborating with trees of other species, not just their own species. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. So they're thinking they almost could send distress signals about drought or disease or insect attacks um, and that other trees can alter their behavior when they receive these messages. Now, scientists are calling these mycorrhizal, mycorrhizal rather, networks. So this is the fine hair-like root tips of trees joining together with microscopic fungal filaments to form the basic links of this network which appears to offer, operate as kind of a symbiotic relationship between trees and fungi. And as kind of a fee for the services, the fungi consume about 30% of the sugar that the trees photosynthesize from sunlight. And now, while this seems quite ridiculous, like, wow, this couldn't possibly be happening. Mm. This is the stuff of space things. Right. Is it really that much of a, a leap to ex understand like if we think about our own human brain and how that works we don't even really understand how that works in terms of messages passed through neurons so why couldn't messages be passed through a tree so it's quite fascinating in a way as well um that this is this idea that's come about about um about roots yeah i mean i um, think w one thing that comes to mind is if you are ever and you know in hong kong we have a lot of abandoned um buildings and after a while, it's really the tree life that takes over places that humans have abandoned. And trees seem to be mm -hmm. able to adapt so well to so many different conditions. So it's not too far of a reach to imagine that, you know, they would communicate with each other and say, hey, let's go settle over here because, you know, it's, it's a good place and we're not going to be disturbed by humans. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, recently at my um, one of my children's schools, um, we had a problem with it's a very old building um, and we had a problem with a blocked toilet. And this happened. It was a real problem. We couldn't work out what was happening with this adult's toilet just kept getting blocked and we're like nobody's put anything down that they shouldn't have what is going on and after some proper like hardcore investigative works they found that a tree root a big tree root had grown straight into the sewage pipe 
and gone down and that was what was blocking the toilet. Wow. But I couldn't help but think, as ridiculous as it sounds, I was like, is there a way it knew? I mean, sewage waste is extremely rich in, in nutrients and minerals, like fertilizer, right? Essentially, it's like a proper, like, it's like a straw full of plant fertilizer, True. a sewage pipe. And I couldn't help but think this one big tree root could just imagine it like a big finger, like a straw, poking itself into where it was like, brilliant i found i found this like garden of eden <laughs> the mother of, load like, everything i need the mother load absolutely and i just found that such a fascinating idea um but yeah and then i felt very sad when it was it was almost like you know when when you know like um that they obviously had to remove the tree root to fix the toilet but i thought oh, it was so sad it's like pulling a little kid's hand out of the cookie jar right. <laughs> and, um, and saying i'm sorry that's enough now <laughs> exactly the tree is like oh i've been found out <laughs> exactly um but yeah, so I think it, it is really, really interesting in this idea of, of, of roots and, and what they what they kind of represent. And we have a lot of metaphors and I've got some quotes to finish on a bit later about about why roots, they, they do resonate with us. This idea of roots resonates with us. But the fact that they can be so, so extensive underneath the ground is something that we can kind of accept. But what I find even more fascinating is in Hong Kong. I don't know if you've recently done the um, the Lugard Road loop on the peak. It's not for a walk. while. I haven't been there for a while, but I am familiar with it. Um, there's a section where there's a you kind of uh, there's a banyan tree that or two banyan trees even that grow over the path and you have all these big stringy bits hanging down from the banyan tree and of course we know banyan trees if you can conjure one to mind they're incredibly majestic kind of root system that they have at the bottom of a banyan tree that real uh ancient looking um kind of frozen in time these big arms and limbs of the tree that spread out now then you have those that kind of like fine string almost like hair falling down from the tree can you imagine what i'm saying mm -hmm. yes you, i know exactly you, what yeah. you mean yeah. now what's fascinating about that is those are roots those are aerial roots and i always find like if you ever want to feel humbled by how small and insignificant our lifespans are <laughs> in the grand scheme of of earth either meet a galapagos tortoise that can live to 150 or um look at banyan tree roots and see those fine hairs aerial roots will eventually grow all the way down to the ground and then they will go into the ground and then they will thicken up and firm up and become those huge structures that you see of a banyan tree those that that kind of trunk that you sort of see of a banyan tree, that's how it's formed through these aerial roots. Wow. So you look at these fine little hairs and just think the amount of time and energy that they have to go all the way from those top branches, all the way down to the ground, into the ground, down further into the ground, then to grow and grow and grow. So essentially, people describe banyan trees as almost walking because as those roots grow down, the next tree looks like it has, the tree looks like it's moved. You know yes, what I mean? Like yes. in a slow motion towards and it will have a completely different place its roots will be in a different place and i just find that quite a powerful sort of i don't know there's a metaphor in there somewhere karen i'm sure of it and if i didn't have three children and a busy head i'd find it <laughs> um, um but i do think it's a remarkable idea that you just like how insignificant we are that that's that's how that tree has formed. Um, so, yeah, so I recommend, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other places in Hong Kong you can see banyan trees that are similar. The one that comes to mind, though, is this specific one on the peak.
um, yeah. because you just it's very easy to walk right past it and not even think about it. Fascinating. I mean, it really is amazing. Um, I do have a couple of quotes to finish on okay. um, um, today. So the first one, um, well, she, the first one, there was a there's a Canadian philosopher called Matshona Diliwayo, uh, um, who talks a lot about roots. Um, he says, "A small tree with strong roots will outlive a big tree with weak ones," Very which is lovely. Nice. Yes. Um, he also says, "It is the roots which give a tree its strength, not its branches." Mm-hmm. And Victor Hugo, the author, said, which I think is nice words to live by, really, change your opinions, keep to your principles, change your leaves, keep intact your roots. Oh, very nice. That That's very meaningful for, yes. for the generations, isn't it? Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in being able to revise your opinions, but our values don't tend to change. And you can see how you look and what you, how you represent yourself to the world, but keep your roots intact. Lovely. Wonderful. Well, Cruz, thanks so much for that amazing um, column on roots. I think we've all learned a lot that we didn't know 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks again for joining us and we'll catch up with you next week. See you. All right. Thanks, Cruz.